Welcome to Mental Health in Minnesota, produced by NAMI Minnesota, the National Alliance on Mental Illness, a nonprofit organization dedicated to improving the lives of children and adults with mental illnesses and their families. Visit NAMI Minnesota online at namihelps.org. Hi, my name is Brian Jost. I'll be your host. NAMI Minnesota is celebrating its 40th anniversary year of providing education, support, and advocacy. This episode is one of the 40 stories of hope related to our 40th anniversary. Today we have Adam Moen, a NAMI Minnesota volunteer, recording. And let's start off, Adam, with you talking a little bit about your personal journey. What brought you to NAMI? Sure. So... Uh, I first encountered my kind of mental and emotional difficulties when I was a junior in college. Uh, I actually got back from a study abroad trip, had a totally wonderful experience, uh, and I came back to the United States and was just really, you know, had a lot of questions. Uh, I didn't really know what I wanted to do in life. My career was kind of up in the air. Uh, everybody was asking me, you know, what are you going to do with yourself and, and all this stuff. And there, there was just a lot of expectations and I didn't really have any idea what was, what was going on or what I should do about it. So um, I unfortunately abused drugs and alcohol as a stress reliever and that exacerbated the issue. So um, I spent the majority of my days being extremely stressed, extremely anxious, extremely negative, extremely judgmental. And then I would use uh, drugs and alcohol to kind of turn off my mind. So um, I was in this cycle of, you know, really work hard, play hard, you know, uh, still getting my work done and everything, but uh, really at the expense of who I was. Uh, and this continued and people around me kind of reached out and were like, hey, you know, you seem like you're, you know, are you okay sort of thing. And and I rejected all of the help that, you know, was ever given to me. Uh, finally, I don't know what it was. One of my friends, uh, she she said to me, you know, you, you really should just like think about seeing somebody. Mm-hmm. And I was like... I don't know if that's for me, whatever. And and then my parents, um, you know, I was having a tenuous relationship with them. So I brought that up to him. And my father is an emergency room physician. So, you know, he's very familiar with mental and emotional health uh, diagnoses and challenges. So um, I said to him, you know, I think I might need to see somebody. And he said, uh, that's, that's great. We love you. You know, doesn't mean anything less of you. That's terrific. We'll help you find somebody and you're probably going through a phase, but if you really want to, we'll help you out, blah, blah, blah. So you yeah, know, yeah. What, what did I hear? Right. Right. Probably going through a phase. Well, yeah. So I kind of, you know, pulled myself back up and got out there again and just kept on going, was still really risky with my choices with drugs and alcohol and, you know, just causing trouble. And, uh, it was clear that something bad was going on within, inside me. So finally I had a kind of a, I was, I was contemplating suicide every day and, and I was becoming more and more comfortable with the idea mm-hmm. of suicide, which I didn't realize was a really big problem. So, uh, 
I started to, to attempt to tempt it. Uh, I would go to bridges or I would, you know, kind of fantasize about, about suicide. And I realized now it was just another escape mechanism. But every day I grew kind of slowly more comfortable with the idea. And then, uh, you know, eventually I had a true hit rock bottom moment. I got in trouble with the law and my parents realized and found out. And that was kind of the moment where they reached in and were like, you know, we're going to change what's going on here. So they got me professional help. Um, I started seeing a therapist and I just, I just felt better. Uh, I felt like I could finally get some things off my chest. I felt like I had a, um, you know, a person that I could trust that wasn't going to judge me or anything, or was just kind of on my side. And, and that was the start of my whole journey. So then I looked back at the university of Minnesota mental health system and I thought, you know, I'm not the only person out here feeling this way. You know, there, I started Mm -hmm. to tell my story. So I would, you know, a couple of my friends would say, you know, what's been going on with you or whatever. And I would tell them about being sad and all of this stuff. And it was like, you know, me opening up gave them the permission to open up. Sure. Sure. Yeah. So did you learn about NAMI at that time? It wasn't until, um, I started looking at the mental health system and kind of why I fell through the cracks that I started to put the pieces together. So I realized that there was this huge gap in, um, services for a lot of young adults. They didn't think it would apply to them. Uh, and I looked at the counseling resources on the university of Minnesota campus and, you know, they weren't really engaging to me. And then I started, uh, getting into, you know, kind of just the other resources in the area. So I actually joined a student group called active minds and then, uh, active minds holds an event every year. It's called the, um, oh gosh, suicide or excuse me, mental health awareness day. Yeah. 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 That sounds familiar. And NAMI was a participant in that and always has been. NAMI's always had a presence there. So my first year I was just a volunteer. And then my second and third year at the event, I started uh, organizing it. So I got to know a variety of different uh, nonprofits in the area and people who were, you know, engaged with mental health. And then I discovered NAMI and I don't remember who or how I got engaged, but, uh, there was, there may have been somebody who just told me about it, or I may have just signed up out of the blue. I can't remember, but, Mm -hmm. uh, I signed up to be a NAMI youth connection support group leader Mm -hmm. and went through the training and, and I've actually been leading a group every week for probably the last five years or so. That's awesome. Yeah. 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 I know Andrea Lee would talk about your involvement there and yeah yeah yeah. Uh cool it was great and thanks for your help with that very welcome what are some of your favorite memories with your involvement with nami well the nami walk is always fun uh there that's just such an amazing gathering of people uh to support this cause and generate money and and you know just kind of help people through and realize that it's okay to you know break down stigma that's a it's a special thing it's a special time of year i always look forward to that and then um do you walk continuously on the same team or have you been on different teams different teams yeah. different teams yeah or just sign up individually myself sure. you know go and hang out so yeah. we had talked about doing a team for my support group once but uh it didn't quite materialize with everybody that was there so okay that's okay um other great moments though it's it's really special what we have developed at this support group 
the the foundation that Nami gave me in the training to you know not be judgmental, the the skills of like motivational interviewing, the um, you know kind of the the group guidelines and the principles of support. These things that are, are kind of the foundation of our group really have created this special environment where young people come. Nobody judges them. We create a supportive environment. We try to offer constructive feedback in hopes of just, you know, having some sort of a, a healing experience there. Uh, we're not trying to, you know, change people's lives and make them not diagnosed with anything anymore. But we're just trying to let people know that, hey, you know, you're not alone. There right. are others that have been through similar situations. And here's what helped me. Yeah, that safe peer environment is amazing. Mm-hmm. How many people have been coming to the group? When I first started, I led a teenage group. So we had individuals that were 12 up to about 17. And I was, I was early 20s at that point. So um, that, was, that group was a smaller group. But uh, now most of the people are early 20s. And um, we, have, we sometimes get as much as 15, 15 oh. to 18 people at oh, the group. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's big. almost requiring a second group. It almost is. Well, yeah. <laughs> and, and we finally now have a, a, a second facilitator. So if that cool. does happen, we can split up just to give everybody, you know, time to talk. Yeah. That's a lot mm-hmm. for a group. Is there, is there anything that comes to mind that you might say you're most proud of? Hmm. I'm most proud of the ability to engage with a variety of different people that I never would have encountered before. And when people come to the NAMI group, they're, they're looking for something. And, you know, I've made mistakes in the past and not been a great facilitator. And I've also learned a lot of really good lessons. So, um, my favorite moments are the ones where it's very obvious to witness like very real healing experiences happening where somebody kind of lays their, lays their heart out on the line and then me or it's even better if it's someone else in the group is able to receive that in such a way where they can give that person exactly what they're looking for Mm -hmm. and i can give you an example of just last week there was a young gentleman who um was recently uh, put into a rehabilitation program. So he was an outpatient rehabilitation program for his drugs and alcohol use. He's a 17 year old kid. His parents are extremely worried about him and he's very talented. He is sharp. He gets good grades, but he butts heads with his parents because he says, well, I have all these things figured out. You know, I got the good grades, etc. All I want to do is party and have fun. And they're like, well, Hey, you're out of control. Yeah. So, um, he felt he feels he he expressed how much shame he felt about getting help for his addiction or his his mental health and um you know at at the end of the group i i just said to him hey you know this is a really big opportunity for you you have a lot of skills and a lot of talents and a lot of uh really great ideas so don't look at this as you know, your tr- don't look at your treatment or your mental health help as a step back. Look at it as a way to move forward in a new positive direction. And, and don't be ashamed because if you take this opportunity and turn it into something amazing, like you will look back on it and you really will be grateful for, for investing in yourself in this time. It's a tough step to take. Extremely right? tough. But that was so critical for me when I stopped being a victim 
of, you know, my situation. When I started realizing, okay, I have a propensity to be depressed. I have mm -hmm. a propensity to abuse substances. So what am I going to do about the, what, what decisions am I going to make that are reinforcing you know, reinforcing the positivity and not falling into those traps that I know I have a predisposition to be negative or whatever it may be. So how can I counteract? How can I counteract that? I'm not mad at myself. I'm not mad at my parents. I'm not mad at my living situation or anything um, for, you know, my mental illness, if you want to call it that. So um, and, and it takes a long time for an individual who, you know, kind of begins their course of therapy to get there. And our goal is to just just help that help that moment happen quicker for people. Mm -hmm. That's amazing. So you've been directly involved with NAMI Minnesota and volunteering for about five years, right? Mm -hmm. And what would you say, what changes have you seen with the state organization in those five years? Is it anything noticeable? Yeah, I'm consistently amazed at the growth of the organization. Uh, and I'm consistently amazed at Sue's relentless persistence. Right. <laughs> <laughs> she, she is such a fighter. Why does everybody say that? <laughs> it's pretty obvious. Yeah, <laughs> she's such a fighter. And it's, it's a rare thing to have a nonprofit, have somebody that takes you know, that much fervor to the issue. So it's, it's really fun to be around. Um, I know that the, the amount that gets donated keeps growing every year. The reach keeps growing, new programs keep rolling out and it's just so fun for me to see. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I, I don't necessarily engage in all of them, but I found, I found like what, what works for me and I, I try to help out wherever I can. Uh, and cause I just know that the mission is, is so important and it's not just, it's not just about mental health. Uh, you know, mental health to me is, is a very great rallying point, but there's a bigger message that NAMI helps, uh, kind of push, which is, you know, it's okay to struggle. It's okay to suffer. And, you know, there are resources out there to seek help. Uh, it, it doesn't, uh, it doesn't have to be, you know, a diagnosis or something like there is so there are so many supportive groups for parents of of people experiencing mental illness or, you know, caregivers. There's there's so much of a diversity of programs and approaches that are, uh, you know, being given to the community for free that, that it's just it's just a really fun thing to be a part of. Mm -hmm. Can you speak to the importance of having these support groups that are specifically for young adults? Yeah, we even get uh, young adults that come from other NAMI groups, and they speak highly of the, the other groups that they have been to, but typically most of the participants are older. So it just is a different dynamic when everybody is, you know, late teens, early 20s, or sometimes we get people who are, you know, late 20s, early 30s, too. Um, but to have a community of peers who are kind of in the same place in life, or at least have been in your shoes very recently. Sure. That's that's so valuable because uh, the insights that are shared are, are really, really just astounding. Yeah. What are your hopes for the future of NAMI? I'd love to see more support groups bubble up. And the reality is it's very challenging to develop the skills to make it a healing experience. I, it, I, it took me, I would say, two or three years until I was really comfortable kind of creating and maintaining safe space. So um, 
you know, that it's, it's very tough. I would, I would love it if there were more support groups in other cities or I don't know, maybe we do virtual stuff or like, you know, the we well, can... an online one is, is just been getting started. Really? Yeah. That'd be great. Right. Yeah. That would be, so I've actually thought about, um, I've thought about ways to incorporate technology into the support group because the, the, the conversations we have are so amazing. Mm-hmm. And I've even thought about like just taping them, mm-hmm. cutting out the names, keeping it anonymous and just sharing what is said you right. know, in a podcast form or something. So maybe there'd be some cool ways to get the, you know, get what's happening in the, in the support groups out to a broader audience. It's definitely worth talking about. Yeah. 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 Is there anything that you would like included here that I haven't asked you about? Um, well, I can make a plug for, for the app that I've been working on. Uh, so, Let's hear about it. Yeah. So when I first got engaged with uh, looking at mental health services, I realized that, you know, there's there's not a whole lot of ways that we're using technology to expand the delivery of mental health services. Sure, there is, um, you know, like video visits for psychiatry and, you know, tele teletherapy and, um when you look at a young person today, they're on their phones so much. And I'm a little leery of social media and kind of the impact that it's having on people because I think it doesn't necessarily always bring out the best in us. So uh, I've been trying to think of ways that we can have positive, self-enriching experiences online. Mm-hmm. And I've been spending the past three years figuring out how to do that. And where we've landed is our current iteration. It's called Marbles App all one word. You can download it at livebeyondthelabel.com. And it's basically a virtual support group that's all text-based. So we have an anonymous messaging board where people can can just come and post whatever is on their mind. And then we have the community respond. And um, it's modeled largely off of the support group that I run with NAMI, but just recreated in a virtual sense sure so it's it's really fun to see we've had over 1100 downloads and um yeah we've had over 700 conversations did you say marvel marbles marbles yep like the game got it Mm -hmm. yeah cool yeah that's awesome it's been really fun and it's free for everybody oh cool yeah i don't have any more questions thanks for coming in and having this conversation adam you're very welcome i enjoyed it NAMI Minnesota champions justice, dignity, and respect for all people affected by mental illnesses. Through education, support, and advocacy, we strive to eliminate the pervasive stigma of mental illnesses, affect positive changes in the mental health system, and increase the public and professional understanding of mental illnesses. NAMI Minnesota vigorously promotes the development of community mental health programs and services, improved access to services, and increased opportunities for recovery. NAMI Minnesota is located at 800 Transfer Road, Suite 31, St. Paul, Minnesota, 55114. Call us at 651-645-2948 or toll free at 1-888-NAMI-HELPS or email namihelps at namimn.org. NAMI Minnesota's website is namihelps.org. Outside of Minnesota, visit nami.org to find your state NAMI organization.